This podcast was funded in part by the UK Arts Council. Welcome to In House, the podcast about creativity and confinement. Hi, mate. Lils, how are you doing? Are you? Yeah, man, I'm good. My name's Will Hood, and today we are talking to Lils. At the time of recording this, Lils had just got out of prison one month earlier after serving a 15 year sentence. Now 37 years old, Lils takes creative inspiration from the world of fashion and has been designing clothes for the in-house record label. We talk about how the world has changed over the last 15 years, what it means to find and focus on your passion, as well as his hopes for being able to give something back to the world now that he has his liberty. So let's start off by um, perhaps give me a little bit of context. So did you say you got out about a month ago? Yeah, so I got out on the 14th of January. I was, yeah, as soon as I came out, I was basically into the into the lockdown. So it didn't really feel like he was, he was released, did it? When you're coming out of being in a situation like that, straight into the same kind of situation. But it's, um, it's, it's been able to allow me to adjust a bit slower than normal. Okay. Like I would, which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So what, the pace of life you feel is a little bit slower than it might have been if uh, this wasn't going on? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So let me just like, take my time with adjusting to being out again. Okay. So um, how long was your sentence in the end? Um, so I got sentenced to 15 years. I did just under the 15, so like two months shy of the 15 years. Wow, that's a very long yeah. time. And and how old are you? I'm 37 now. Okay. I was uh, 21 when I came away. Okay. Wow, that that is a a large amount of time. So it's going to take yeah. some some getting used to, I suppose, being out of that what routine and um and that reality. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's um it's something that is when you go in, it's a big change and a shock to your system. And after doing such a long time, it makes it another big shock and change to the system because nothing's how you left it. So you're now coming out to a whole different way of doing things, technologies changed, things have evolved, buildings have gone up that weren't there. So you have to adjust your mindset to the new the new normal as the same is going at the moment. So, I mean, that's interesting. You mentioned technology there, so like 15 years ago um i guess there's no real facebook going on there's no twitter i mean um, that was 2007 i think isn't it the first smartphones 2007 so but but tell me what what is the big what what do you notice that's really different in how people have behaved well that's it i think it is technology is probably is the main thing that you would notice in the sense of no one talks to no one in the street if you know what I mean so everyone's just heads down in their phones even like dating or meeting someone for the first time you're going to meet them on an app on your phone before you'd rather stop them in the street and talk to them like we used to or like how I would have back in the day yeah those kind of situations are quite mind-boggling because you just think it's not like 
there's no interaction with people unless it's through your phone or unless it's through some form of app or media, social media as a platform. It is crazy quite how much we're all saturated with that, right? I mean, and it must be mad getting out of prison and then just seeing the way it's changed people's behaviour. I mean, um, sometimes it, I kind of snap into reality. I'll get on a bus or a train or whatever, and as you just described, there'll be a whole carriage of people all just looking at the the brick in their in their hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a it's a that before we, I came away, the, like you said, there's no smartphones. I'm aware there's this slightly um, odd relationship with prisons and phones in there, in the sense that you're not supposed to have them, but quite a few people do, and you're not supposed to have that kind of, I guess, internet access with the outside world. Yeah, the the issue with with that is no one wants to kind of be left behind in the facts of what's happening on the outside world. They want to stay connected with their families. They want to stay connected with their friends. They want to stay connected with society and what, what the latest news is. With them not allowing people to have phones and things like that in there, to them it's like, well, you're here as a punishment. You're not here to be part of society. When, on the other hand, they try to embrace you to have family ties and to maintain family ties with your family, but they don't want to be part of society. So it's like a catch-22. It's not about just having something because we're not allowed to have it. It's about still being part of something that is normal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fascinating, that, isn't it? I mean, in my my brief experience of the prison environment, you know, as, as a visitor doing these workshops, it seems to me that there's lots of contradictions like that in prison, right? Where Yeah, yeah. They're saying uh, one thing is a positive, yet they're kind of preventing it at the same time. They're preventing it from happening. Yeah, so say for example, if you run out of credit on the prison phone, then you have no way of contacting your family until the following week when you put more credit on your phone. You have to like now either wait or you're going to go against... Their, their rules and their situations to maintain and do what you have to do. Yeah. So, with your situation and with family, who was it on the outside? Um, who were the the ties that it was important for you to keep in contact with? My parents, my brothers, my, my sisters um, were there from the very beginning and they stayed and maintained it all the way through. So, family was a big support to me. After a certain while, though, you do tend to have to put your head in the game, if you know what I mean. You have to take yourself, detach your kind of detach yourself away from outside and get through it. Because if you keep on thinking about the outside when you're doing such a long sentence, it can consume you and it, you, you feel like you're not moving. Everyone else outside is living and carrying on, but you're still kind of dreaming about the outside when technically this is this is your world for the for the foreseeable so you just have to put your head here get it done and then like we're doing now adjust again once you step out talk to me a little bit about 
in-house. What difference did they make to your time inside? I I ended up in the in-house, <laughs> technically by chance. Zeroos and myself have um, known each other for a long time, so... So this is Carl, isn't it? Uh, who's, yeah. who's a great character. We interviewed him for the podcast. I believe he is uh, episode 11. So I just went to find him, basically. I went to look for him to, um, to talk to him about something, and he was in in the in-house studio, which was inside the prison that they had at the time. So I ended up going in there, just sitting there, watching them like do what they do. And then um, I just asked, if, if, like, asked him if there's anything I can do. In this. Like obviously he knows I don't play music, I don't sing, I don't rap. But I just asked him, is there anything that I can do? I said, look, if you lot need t-shirts, you lot need jumpers or anything, in-house merchandise, I can make that happen. And uh, we decided to come up with little concepts and little ideas of like when we go, when the guys went to shows, I would make their t-shirts for them that had in-house across the front, their names on the back. So people in the audience could see, and then we start we started coming with the concept of actually making merchandise for in-house. So when we did shows, we was gonna make t-shirts, jumpers, cups, and for the public to to purchase. In prison, was there any avenues to explore that you could get better at that, and that you could develop your skills with that? Um, in two thousand seven, they ships me to the Isle of Wight which if you know where the Isle of Wight is you have to actually catch a, a, a boat across the water there once I went across the here that kind of hit home that this is where I am I'm not like I'm in prison now my family's not just down the road it's like a day's trip for anyone to come see you or visit you that was at the point where I, I've actually said to myself I have to just put my head in prison and kind of forget about the outside. Once that happened, I started like picking up a pencil and paper and just started sketching. Just not clothing, but just sketching like designs or like um, logos for people or doing like portraits for people. After 2010, I went to Swellside Prison. And I think that is where things really kind of took off in terms of the clothing. Yeah, so I've got A-levels in um, art, business and IT. Okay, amazing. um, All on the basis of learning the industry. So that really drummed home to me about this is what I want to do. So, I mean, one of the um, issues or one of the subjects which comes up a lot in these interviews is um, distinguishing between this definition of punishment and rehabilitation. Yeah. Now, what you're describing there, and I, I, I put all of the, the credit to you, as I say, and your, your focus, but you're describing something which sounds very much like rehabilitation, right? I mean, I just wonder what you feel about those two terms uh, punishment and rehabilitation and, and what you feel characterised your 15 years well, my thing is this you you can't rehabilitate unless you choose to 
you know what I mean? So no one can tell you you have to think like this or you have to be like this kind of way. You are who you are. So the only person that can ever change you or make you somebody else is yourself. The punishment is is there in black and white. The punishment is you're no longer in your normal circumstances. You can't just do things when you used to do them. That's your punishment. Do you know what I mean? But what you take out of being in that punishment is your rehab. Allow yourself to say, okay, well, what I was doing out there is no longer working for me. I've come to prison. I need to change my way of doing things. It's like it. You have to learn how to walk away. And that's something that if you, if you had said that uh, 15 years ago where someone would have been like, I'm not walking away, I will never walk away from anything, but you have to. Do you know what I mean? There's an end goal that you have to, to strive to and fight to. You mentioned then, I guess, describing yourself at, at the age of 22, that you wouldn't have backed down from anything. And I'd imagine there's probably lots of 22-year-old men feel that way, right? That they're not going to back down from something. Um, You know, and I uh, haven't done time in prison, but I certainly remember feeling that kind of, um, like, male pride. You know, and I still feel it now to a certain extent, but, like, it's it's full-on when you're in your early 20s, isn't it? Um, Yeah. Yeah, and it's not just um. Sorry, it's not, you wouldn't just say it's just prayer pride. It's pride. It's uh, it's you got prayer pressure as well, and then you got. That. Yeah, 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 for sure. You've got to demonstrate to your people, haven't you, that that you're not going to back down. That you're not soft. That you that you ain't you ain't a chicken. That you, you can handle whatever's thrown at you. Do you know what I mean? So it is a situation where. Even in your gut, even if in your gut that you may not feel like it's the right thing to do, sometimes it's not about what you, well, back then it wasn't about what you felt. It was more about what how you come across or how you're going to be perceived yeah. you know, I mean, going forward. If you were able to have a conversation with the 22-year-old you now, yeah. What would you uh, what would you talk to him about, you know? And, and whether that is in a scenario where you're about to start your sentence or or, or just general life stuff. Yeah. Well, a hundred percent, I would tell them to find something that they want to do with themselves. No matter what the the situation that they're in or the um, the way they grew up. Because the funny thing is not everybody grew up in a bad situation that's gone to jail for a crime. Some people do have good lives, like they do have a good family background or a good family unit, but them as an individual made a decision and that decision is what's put them where they are. But I would say this is find something no matter what it is that you are good at or something that you're interested in and pursue it to the end. Like, find every find every piece of information about it that interests you so that you know every corner of that interest 
and hold on to that and pursue that. You honestly, like, that means whether it's music, football, uh, clothing, whatever, building a house. If that's what your passion is, deep down inside, when you're in your home by yourself, without the pressure of your friends or family, and you're thinking about, ah, oh, I wanna. I wanna play football or I wanna rap or I wanna sing. You gotta fight and hold on to that passion because I'm telling you that's the only thing that will that's yours. That is yours. That's the only no one can take that that passion or that understanding of what you feel when you do that away from you. Other than you. And just you have to just keep holding on to that. As far as addressing or encouraging that positive behavior change, you know, helping people get their heads sorted, helping people find their passion, however you want to describe it, what do you think prisons do well and what do you think they do badly? Not only down is it to the individual as the prisoner, it's down to the individual as as a prison officer. So you can go in there and you're going to have 10 officers that really don't give a shit about you or what you, who you are or what you can do that's positive. But then you've got the officers that actually... Like I had an officer in the jail that I just left that encourages me, that helps me to, to put in place the things I, I needed to do. Like, she got me an embroidery machine, which helped us to make the clothes for in-house and, and things like that. Did you request that? You requested an embroidery machine? Yeah, so basically, the number one governor at the time saw me wearing one of my own hats that I had designed and got made outside. Um, he asked me about it. He, got, he told me to go and speak to this lady she then turned around and said that she's been wanting to kind of set up some form of sewing shop and and then from that we just created a whole workshop just off the back of having a, that conversation so from that what i could put, bring to in-house was more of a creative designing kind of side of things i could design logos i can design in-house t-shirt with their with their names on them so what we was able to achieve through the encouragement of certain officers that saw our our talents and encouraged us to use our talents, that gave us that drive that said that right, we're doing the right things, we're in the right place, we're in the right stages of our life because we're giving, we're technically we're giving something back now. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Without feeling about committing a crime or feeling like how am I going to cope outside because. You've got something to allow you to go outside now. So, the interesting phrase to me there is that you talk about giving something back. And so, do you mean by that that you're creating these clothes, which you're then um, are going into the outside world and people are wearing them? They're getting some use out of your um, industry, your your labour, your creative ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, no one knows that they don't know me. They don't know us. They will know what you want them to know. And 
we're at the stage now where it doesn't matter how they perceive you because you know what you've come from and now what you're trying to give back do you know what I mean I'm trying to not, I'm not trying to rely on, on on the government for handouts I'm not trying to be something I'm not I'm just trying to now I figured out who I am as a person I figured out what I want to achieve in life and now I want the world to see who I am at this stage of my life who I am now amazing man that's that's really good yeah yeah thank you Lils you're a legend I, I really enjoy talking to you um, you too Will man thank you yeah thanks for your time thanks for the opportunity oh yeah. my, my pleasure alright thanks a lot Will cheers man you have a good day right. you too alright bye you too. take care bye to find out more about the world's only prison run record label go to inhouserecords.org that's all one word inhouserecords.org and if you'd like to hear more of these interviews please hit subscribe if you can on whatever platform you use for podcasts the in-house podcast is an apa production for in-house records